Welcome everybody back to the No Name Podcast, because we are in Washington here. Actually, we're not in Washington, but this podcast does not have a name. Actually, it does. I was not able to post it, I don't believe. So if let me catch everyone up on what's been going on. I'm changing my name. Not my actual name. I'm changing the podcast name. Okay. I'm changing the format. The format will now be a uh, baseball football combined one episode, two episodes a week. Today is Saturday. I know. I couldn't get one out last night. They will be recorded on Mondays and Fridays. At the very least, they will be out by Tuesdays and Saturday mornings. Recapping weekend, recapping week, I think it provides me with the best chance to get the best news out at the right times. So, um, and, and, and the problem is with recording this right now is I've been busy today, so it is currently 2.15, Saturday, January 15th, 2022. Chargers, not Chargers, Raiders, Bengals play in about an hour and 15 minutes. There's a good chance you won't see this, so I want everyone to know this is recorded before that game. I do not know what's going to happen in that game, because if something crazy happens, you'll know that I will be talking about it. So that way, when I make my prediction, I don't want to hear anyone go, "Well, you made that prediction," you know, as the get the, after the game happened. No, I made it before. Actually, I made this a couple days ago. Haven't had a chance to relay the news to you guys. So I am very excited to be doing this. Um, I'm tired of the two episodes, two different pot. It's it's weird. I know a lot of people don't care for baseball, but I want to bring awareness to baseball. I will also. I've done a couple other things. I'll be going over other news in sports, whether it's perhaps maybe some bowling stuff, maybe some basketball, some football. I mean, some some some, some basketball, some hockey, most maybe a little bit of soccer. If he's you know someone wins like a huge championship, I'll probably at least hey congratulations to Joe Schmuck who won the tennis tournament of Britain. I don't know you know yesterday. Congratulations. Let's go to football. This will primarily be a baseball-football podcast. In saying that, the new name, and I've thought about this, and I like the name. If you don't like the name, then don't listen to the podcast. Don't, don't, don't pay attention to the name. I didn't want to make it a generic The Brady Wilson Show or The Brady Show. I was floating a perhaps idea where I thought a funny idea, this might be like a YouTube thing, is like I'm, I I like to say that my nickname is B-Dubs and Buffalo Wild Wings. I eat Buffalo Wild Wings being beat ups. It was dumb. It may be a YouTube idea in the future. Right now, we're sticking to the Spotify stuff on pod, uh, podcast. I would get stuff. I would get stuff to Apple Podcast. Problem is, I don't really care for Apple products, and I'm willing to sacrifice an audience to not have an Apple product. I do not like them. Anyway, there's been some news, a lot of news um, in the world of football. I, I want it to be known that I can't go over things that happened a month ago. Kind of moot now. Um. I'm hoping I can stick to this format. I do work. I do have a job besides this. So I'm hoping that, that won't, it won't get in the way too much. Um, so I'm excited about this. I'm excited about um, the new format. It'll be a lot easier time constraints. I will probably do whichever news is more pressing that day. I may do football first, then baseball. I may do baseball first, then base, then football. Um, that way you don't you, you can't so, – so hopefully you don't fast-forward to the baseball stuff. Right now baseball, though, is in a lockout. Not much news. I'm not smart enough in the international stuff to be talking about the international signings that have been happening today. Um, so there's really no point in me, um, you know, talking about it. I, I, I don't know enough. I know the Rangers signed somebody. I know some top prospects. I don't know enough about these guys, and I didn't have time to research them. So uh, when the Hall of Fame rolls around, we'll be talking about that. Um, I'll be going over my ballot probably that week of. Um, be talking about who gets in, who doesn't get in, if I agree with it. But today's podcast is mainly focused on the future and football. So baseball is kind of getting shoved to the side here. I'm sorry for the baseball fans. There's just nothing going on. And the only baseball news that I can share is that the shy, uh, two sides, MLBPA and the MLB Owners Association, um, had a meeting uh, Thursday and um, didn't decide to do anything. They just kind of said, well, we don't, you know, we have a proposal. Well, we don't like that proposal. Well, want to compromise? Well, no kind of how it seems to be things are going right now. The players don't want to budge. The owners don't want to budge. And eventually, one of them is going to have to budge. They're both going to have to budge a little bit. And these players, I don't think they're fully grasping the effect of what they're doing. You are starting to alienate fans. 
it, I mean, it, it was it was it happened at the start of it because it was like, here we go. But what, what, what we thought that by this time, right, a little over a month later, there'd be a lot more rumblings, a lot more, you know, hey, there's talks going on every day. Hey, they're having another meeting. Hey, this. Hey, that. They're not. Neither side is talking, and that's worrying me. It's starting to worry me. And if they start to creep into Valentine's Day, we'll say, and there is no deal on the horizon, baseball's in some big trouble. Because you're going to need your players ready. If you get it hammered out, let's say March 5th, baseball season starts that month, or April 1st, I think. March 31st. It's one of those two days. You will have less than a month to get your players in game form. And I know that they've been working out, and that's fine. At your facilities, spring training will be compromised. My point here is that you are going to alienate. You could potentially ruin the start of the season. And what I mean by that is the first couple weeks is going to be sloppy. It's going to be sloppy baseball, and no one will see that. This season has some high an- high anticipation. You've also still got players who haven't signed contracts yet. Carlos Correa, if the season started today, Carlos Correa doesn't have a home. So if you hammer in until March 5th, that's going to put Correa in a really bad situation. I don't think the players are understanding something. If you choose to wait too long, teams are not going to get desperate. You're going to be the one to get desperate because teams are going to go, I don't want you. You, you know, teams are going to go. Well, we got to get our players ready. Do you want to be? Do you want to be a part of this? Well, here's our offer. Well, I don't like that offer. Well, screw you, Correa. Then we're then we're going to stick with our guys. I don't think the players, the big name for agents, are realizing it's going to impact their value and not in a good way for them. It's going to lower it because, in my opinion, teams are going to be less likely to, you know, either have a team's going to be really desperate or who cares, right? We already have our guys. We're expecting to go in with our guys. Like the Rangers, we have our guys. We have John Gray. We got Corey Seager. We got Marcus Simeon. We're fine. I'm not worried, right? I don't believe we have any more big-name signings this year. If we, you know, and, and if it's any, it's going to be a relief pitcher or maybe another starter. I don't think I, I think we're done in the position group market if they don't sign maybe perhaps another outfielder. Nick Castellanos needs a contract. You know, you have, I mean, Chris Bryant, Clayton Kershaw, these are guys that are not signed. And you're wasting time, and it it's going to start alienating fans, and that's not what you want. Ask the dudes from 1994 what happens when you strike. It doesn't end well. A strike now would kill baseball, or it would bring it to its knees. Because it is a popular sport, but if I were to list the top five most popular sports in America, baseball might crack number five. Because in the top five, in no order, it's going to be basketball. Football's going to be in there. Okay? Hockey may have already overtaken baseball. If you're going by attendance, because NASCAR could hold so many... I don't really count attendance because, I mean, it's not fair. NASCAR's going to blow everyone out of the water because of the size of the stadiums. NASCAR may be more popular. There, I mean, baseball is slipping even when it's not having a strike. You, you have a strike, and fans are going to say, screw this. Football's not striking. Basketball's not striking. Hockey's not striking. Those guys can play under deals. Why, why can't baseball players? And it history always repeats itself, and I'm hoping this is a part of history that never repeat. That, that I hoped that 1994 was a part of baseball history that would never repeat itself. Unfortunately, it is. It is repeating itself right now, and I'm living it. And I would hope, I, I hope, because that was 10 years before my birth, I was, ho- I was a, a decade before my birth, I was hoping that I would never see it. My dad always told me, like, it almost it almost killed my dad's fandom. He almost stopped being a fan of baseball. Like, when the Rangers when the Rangers made the playoffs in 96, he was kind of like, whatever. He was, he was still mad. Two years later, he was still mad that these guys walked out. It took steroids. Cal Ripken Jr. had a lot to do with it, too. But steroids were the main reason fans came back. And whether baseball wants to admit that or not, I don't care. Steroids saved baseball. You'll never convince you they didn't. Okay? You're not going to have another steroids. Okay? Shohei's not going to save baseball. If Rod Manfred is thinking, oh, well, if, we sh- well, if they strike, Shohei will bring the fans back. Shohei's already said he wants to make the, the, the game popular. You're not going to do that by striking, by sitting out actual games. I do expect a deal by the end of February. I know that sounds very optimistic at this point. 
but it's also kind of what I'm hoping for because I like spring training games. I don't watch them like like sit there like riveted with action, but I like to follow along the prospects and guys that are fringe roster guys that are interesting. It just I I'm really nervous. I'm starting to get a lot more nervous as time goes on. But that's really all the baseball news. Now to football. We got a big weekend ahead of us. Six games, three days. Let's go. I mean, this is exciting. Super wild card weekend. I mean, this is just something that baseball kind of had when they did the wild card games, like when they expanded the playoffs. But this is something that football has created. It is super wild card weekend. All sports eyes are on football. And I just remembered, I just remembered that I wanted to notify everybody. If you stick around, if you stick around until the end of the episode, I will be revealing the new name of the podcast. I want that to be uh, at the end so you have to listen to my voice the entire time. Back to the NFL. Let's start with some coaching stuff. Okay, a lot of dudes got fired. I have to remember that I actually recorded an episode on this, and I forgot to post it. So I have to remember. I have to remember that I've already. I haven't done this technically yet. A lot of coaches got fired. Okay, the Chicago Bears fired Matt Nagy finally, and I think everyone rejoiced for that one. So far, they have requested to interview, and I'm not going to say. I'm just going to say who they requested. I don't care if they've been denied or whatever. This guy's interested in. Todd Bowles, who's the defensive coordinator for the Bucks, Jim Caldwell, the former Lions head coach, Brian, I'm going to say Dabal, um, Doble, Dabal, from, uh, he's, he's the OC for the Bills, Matt Everfluss, the DC for the Colts, Brian Flores, former head coach of the Dolphins, Leslie Frazier, DC of the Bills, Nathaniel Hackett, OC of the Packers, Byron Leftwich, the OC of the Buccaneers, Doug Peterson, former head coach of the Eagles, and Dan Quinn, DC of the Dallas Cowboys. For this job, the Bears, I'm going to go kind of team my team here. The, the Bears have a very interesting position because whoever's coming in is going to have a young, interesting quarterback. There's talent on the roster. Darnell Mooney, the O-line is not in horrible shape. you still got Khalil Mack on the defense side of the ball. You've got good players. You The problem is you're not going to have first round, a first-round pick this year, and they fired their GM, Ryan Pace. You're not going to have a you know, a first-round pick. So you're going to really have to build something. You're going to really have to work at this because it's not going to be easy. I mean, and no one said it was. It's not going to be easy because you're missing some pieces. And I don't think they're a playoff team. If Rodgers leaves, and I want to preface this when I get to the Vikings, if Rodgers leaves, this division gets a lot more interesting. If he doesn't, it really doesn't get interesting. It doesn't. Because then you know the Packers are just going to run it back. And unfortunately, you know that means the next year the Packers are winning the division. Personally, I, I for the Bears, it's tough to say who I love for the job. I'm a big Byron Leftwich guy. As a former quarterback, I think that he, not me, him, as, as because he's a former quarterback, I think him going to someone like the Bears or the, or the Jaguars makes the most sense. The Vikings don't make sense. The Broncos, eh. but the Bears, the Jaguars, somewhere you have a young quarterback. You don't, you know, most times when you get a new head coach, they want to come in. <clears throat> Cliff Kingsbury, right? They want to come in and draft their own quarterback. Right? So, you know, screw the quarterback you drafted last year, or whatever. We, I want my guy. Well, these guys you, are going to be second-year quarterbacks, just drafted, okay, and high picks too. Very high picks. You are going to have to work with those guys. You're not, you know, the Bears are not going to go up and trade for another quarterback. The Jaguars are not going to spend another number one overall pick on a quarterback. They're not going to spend their second round pick on a quarterback. They have their franchise quarterback. Okay, that's Trevor Lawrence. So whoever comes in and gets one of those jobs is going to really have their. They're going to already have the nucleus. They just got to bring some more players in. I think they're good. So for the Bears, I think Jim Caldwell makes some sense. Um, personally, I, I still love Byron Leftwich for them. Um, Doug Peterson makes sense. I mean, there's a lot of coaches that make sense here. The Broncos fired, fired, um, Vic Fangio. I do like Vic Fangio, not for the Cowboys, because he runs a 3-4 defense. I am not a 3-4 defense guy. I'm a 
War II kind of guy, um, personally. But um, here's some guys, in addition to the other guys I've already named, that they've uh, requested to interview. Of course, Eric Bieniemy, who should be popular. Brian Callahan, the OC of the Bengals. Jonathan Gannon, the DC of the Eagles. Luke Getze, quarterback coach of the Packers. Aaron Glenn, DC of the Lions. Um, Nathaniel Hackett, Gerard Mayo, linebackers of the coach of the Patriots. Kellen Moore, OC of the Cowboys. Kevin O'Connell, OC of the Rams. Doug Peterson, former Eagles head coach. And Dan Quinn. Dan Quinn's a very popular name. And for the Broncos, it has emerged that Dan Quinn is the favorite for the job if he doesn't decline. If he, if he declines to interview, um, then he doesn't want it. But right now, it seems like that if Dan Quinn interviews, he's their guy. And so if he does interview, I'm going to go ahead and consider him gone from my team and look to a new D.C. And I'll talk about that in a second um, if, one, if our coordinators leave. The Broncos, again, they have ta- they have a lot of good defensive talent. And I know people are going to say, what? They do. I mean, you've got Bryce Callahan. You've got Patrick Sertan, your first-round pick. You, you, you know, you, Kyle Fuller's on that team. You've got Kareem Jackson. You've got playmakers, Bradley Chubb. You've got guys that are going to make some plays in that defense. You need to add another piece. You gotta, you're going to have a good first-round pick this year. The only dilemma that the Broncos are going to face is who's your quarterback, okay? Is Teddy Bridgewater your guy? Is Drew Locke your guy? Do you keep running these two quarterbacks and add to them, or do you take your own quarterback? Because, I mean, again, with this year's class, there's a chance that the Broncos find a quality quarterback in the second half. If a guy like Malik Willis falls, Malik Willis will be the most interesting second if Malik Willis falls, he will be the most interesting day two pick. Every You will see teams trading premium picks for, for him because he's like a poor man's Michael Vick. More, um, and and he, interesting prospect for a team like the Broncos to bring in and be a project. Let Bridgewater, poor Bridgewater, be a bridge quarterback, you know, haha, pun intended. But the Broncos are an interesting job. The Texans have already uh, have interviewed or uh, Brian Flores, and they're going to— they want to interview Gerard Mayo. Both are former Patriots guys. Nick Casario, GM of the Texans, um, has Patriots ties. It is said that he fired David Culley strictly when he heard Brian Flores could be available. I think Brian Flores is probably going to Houston. If it's not him, it's going to be Mayo. I mean, that's probably their two coaches. They're not going anyone else. I think Nick, I think Casario wants to bring in a Patriot guy and establish the Patriot way down in Houston. It can work. Houston has been dysfunctional the past several years. And, and and look, I don't hate the Houston Texans, even though I'm a Cowboys fan. I like the Texans. They're, they're, if I had to pick an AFC team, I may, I may pick them just because why not? But when it comes to the Texans, I mean, you know, Bill O'Brien era was bad. It ended horribly. Deshaun Watson's in some you know interesting hot water. I'm not sure what he's in. So you're walking into a very weird situation. And I think it's almost like you want to just trade everybody for picks. I mean, literally trade all 53 dudes, stockpile picks, and build an entire new roster. Because you're in a weird flux of there are some decent players on that team, but not good enough to be you know starters on a playoff team. But you don't want to bench them because they're, they're, they're not bad players. Guys like Justin Reed. Justin Reed would be starting. I'm sure a lot of playoff teams you know, could use a guy like Justin Reed on their team. I know the Cowboys would gladly love to have him. You know, maybe trade Devontae Casey in a pick for him. They'd love to have Justin Reed at free safety, right? Teams would love to have a guy like that on their football team. Laramie Tunsil, if you need a left tackle, there's your guy, you know, for the Texans. Brandon Cooks is still a very serviceable receiver, and he's proving that. The problem is, is David Mills is not a good quarterback. I don't believe he is. I don't believe he's the answer. I believe the Texans have got to go quarterback in the draft. But not the third overall pick because you're not going to spend a number three overall pick to turn a quarterback. It's not happening. And I'll get to the draft here in a second. I have a mock to do. Jacksonville, um, I'm not going to go over the, the candidates. You kind of know who they are. Um, Urban Meyer was not good. Um, I don't remember who the coach was that replaced him. Yeah, whatever. Shot Khan needs to really figure some stuff out. And he needs to find a good coach who's not going to, you know, have parties and is going to go home to his wife. <laughs> And just go to bed. Um, there's a lot of interesting... I mean, Bill O'Brien... Bill O'Brien's a good coach. People forget this. Bill O'Brien is a great coach. I believe he is. He's not a good GM. So, no. It's not going to work. The Raiders... Look, Jim Harbaugh's kind of been in the running um, for the Raiders job. 
if Rick if if Rich Bisaccia wins a playoff game, he won't be fired. You can't fire the guy. It's his first head coaching gig, and he does what he did. You can't fire him for that. No. Now, if they lose today in a, in about an hour, if they lose in about an hour, if they lose in a couple hours here, then yeah, I can you can justify him being fired by just saying well he didn't he, he, he you know if 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 you have a guy you like more, go get him. Fine. You know, go get him. Um. I'm just I'm saying that you need to be really, you know, conscious that this guy has the most dysfunctional team I've I've seen in a while. And this man takes him to the playoffs without Henry Ruggs at their morning receiver, I, I might add. And Damon Arnett. Right? It, it just weird situation. They're in the playoffs. And if if he wins one or more playoff games, he is the future there. I don't care what Mr. Mark Davis, I don't care what Davis wants. I don't care if Jim Harbaugh wants to come there. Rich Bisaccia is your coach. This team is rallied behind him. They love him. Keep him in there. The Dolphins, I didn't understand the firing of, um, I didn't really understand that firing. Of course, they made it all about the fact that he was black. So, you know, you knew that was going to happen. But if he had lost a locker room or if those, you know, if what we heard was true, you got to fire him then. I'm not a big fan of, you know, I said, look, people were saying, well, that's no excuse. Well, that's, that's these are the same people that were calling for the head of uh, the dude from Detroit. I cannot remember his name now. Matt Patricia. Well, he's lost the locker room. Players don't like him. You got to fire him. But when it's a black coach, well, you know, you can't fire him. No, 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 no. Screw that. If, if you want to fire your head coach, fire him. Who cares? Okay? You have your reasons. We can criticize those reasons all we want. But you have your reasons. And I'm going to criticize you. You shouldn't have done that. Not for race, but because I think Brian Flores is, is a dang good coach. And I think the Texans are going to pick him up. And I mark my words, if the Texans pick him up, they will be in the playoffs under Brian Flores at some point. At some point. And the Dolphins are going to regret that decision. Dolphins can't find a quarterback. They couldn't find Flores a quarterback. Flores always had a good defense. Okay? You know, figure that. He's a you know, defensive coordinator. But one thing that he did was he would start off slow, and then his team would get hot. He never had a good quarterback. Tua Tungavailoa is not the answer. He's not a franchise quarterback. We were questioning him coming out of the draft. We now know we were a lot of us were right. Okay, he's not the answer. Got to find someone else. But they're going to stick with Tua. Fine. But so they just call for the head coach's head, unfortunately. Um, for that job, I'm not sure, man. There's a lot of interesting positions. Uh, the Vikings, kind of the same thing. They have a good team. They you have a good quarterback. Right? You have an above average quarterback. Good running back, good receiving core. Your O line has been revamped. The, the, the defense, which was once a big, you know, plus of this team, has lost some playmakers. You need you need a you need a number one corner on that team. I like Cameron Dantzler. I don't think he's a number one corner. You know, Patrick Peterson, Pat Pete, he, you know, Pat Pete, He's he's past his prime. Patrick Peterson. I think if you get a really good mind in there, a good you know good GM, you guys can build build kind of from the middle. You're not building like the Jaguars or the Bears. You know, the Jaguars are going to build from the ground up pretty much, maybe from block one. This team is building from block if you, if you if block ten Super Bowl, they're building from block five. You know, block six. They're not far off from being not maybe Super Bowl contenders, but contenders for the playoffs. I mean, hell, they almost made it this year, so. What does that tell you? I think they can make it with a good coach, good GM. You you get some more talent in the off season. You got yourself a good football team. And that is all the um. So I'm not gonna go over the GMs right now, um, because most people don't really understand who the GMs all are. Will McClay sticking in Dallas? I love it. Ha ha ha! Suck it! Oh, the Giants, the New York Football Giants. Joe Judge is gone. I forgot it. As an NFL fan, I'm happy. He does. Not, he is not a good coach, and Dave Gettleman retired, which is awesome because Dave Gettleman cannot. I mean, I think I could have run the Giants better than Dave Gettleman did, and I'm not being like, oh, you know, a dumb fan. I think I'm. I'm being legitimately serious here. Joe Judge was not a good coach. In my opinion, he never was. Okay, I questioned the hire when they hired him. I was right. I was. Haha. <laughs> I was right. I love it. 
He wasn't the answer. He had to be. Yeah, he had to go. He had to go. He was a bad coach. I didn't like what he did over there. But as a Cowboys fan, I was. Oh, I hope they extend Gettleman and Judge, right? Because I want to see him suck for the next ten years. But as an NFL fan with sympathy for other fan bases, I didn't want those Giants fans to have no hope. I, I can't. I. I. My football team has really never been in a position. No offense, but I mean the Cowboys have. I've never really gone into a year knowing we're screwed, right? Knowing our quarterback is horrible. Knowing our coaching is going to fail us. Knowing our GM can't draft. I've gone into drafts excited. Who's Will McClay going to find this year? I've gone into seasons excited. Maybe not for our coaching staff. Maybe not for a head coach, but for our coordinators. Right? I've gone, in, I've gone into seasons like I love our quarterback. I love the state of our team right now. And, you know, with Dak's injury last year, you know, kind of spoiled that party. But this year has been a big party. It's been awesome. been a big, big old toga party down in Dallas. You know, so I I am a big fan of. Sorry, um, I had to uh, close the door there. I am a huge fan of that decision. I don't know who the Giants are going to get. It's going to be an interesting coaching carousel this year. I think you're going to see a lot of. And of course, you watch. There's going to be one team that passes over a black coach, and everyone's going to be up in arms. Oh, the NFL is racist. See, they oh, shut up. Just shut up. So, because what these people tell me is. We shouldn't hire coaches because they're good. We should hire coaches because we we shouldn't hire Byron Leftwich because he's a good coach. We should hire Byron Leftwich because he's black. And I could literally, I'm going to throw Dr. King's words in their face and go, well, didn't Martin MLK, whose you know, day is coming up, wasn't it his words that told us, hey, I don't want you to judge someone on their color. I don't want you to get mad at somebody about their color. I don't want you to make a judgment about them because of their color. I want you to make a judgment on the content of their character. So when you questioned the Joe Judge hire, instead of going, why did they do it? You just went, well, he's white, so of course they hired him, right? You don't actually, these, no, no offense, the people that think like this, Stephen A. Smith is the champion of them, is they don't actually think, okay, what was the thought process? They immediately jump to, well, the team must be racist. The NFL is racist. Well, can you prove it? Well, they don't have enough black head coaches. So? do it, is it, Does there need to be a quota? So you're saying that maybe an unqualified black coach should get, should get the job over a qualified white coach because he's black? That doesn't make sense to me. Not saying that the black coaches are unqualified, but I'm, the argument they're making is that because he's black, he should get the job. Right? Well, we need black representation. Well, I, you know, the Rooney rule does not do a crap. It doesn't do jack crap. I'm sorry. It's, it's a bad rule. I don't like it. Um, all I'm saying is you can't force a team to hire a black coach because they're black. You just have to – teams can hire they want to hire. Byron – but, yes, Byron Leftwich should be a head coach. Todd Bowles should be a, a head coach. Right? Some of these, you know, black coaches, Vance Joseph should, Vance Joseph should get a job. Leslie Frazier should get a job. Problem is, there's only 32 head coaching vacancies. Only 32. At, you know, and at a time, there may be, what? You got the Giants? I mean, like, what? How many teams did I go over there that have, that have the vacancy? You've got the Giants. Hold on. Do-do-do. Do-do-do. I need some elevator music. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. There's eight head coaching vacancies right now, I believe, by them by my count. Eight. Okay? Eight head coaching vacancies. Sure, some black coaches should get them. And I named four black coaches that are all, all of them are very qualified. Eric Bienemy should get a job, probably. Right, you're gonna go. I'm gonna go. Leslie Frazier, Bienemy, Bowles, and Leftwich. Those are four black coaches and Vance Joseph. That's five that I could all see getting five of the eight head coaching jobs. Okay, but let's say three of them get it. I guarantee you, people are gonna still gonna scream racism because the other two didn't get it. We should be happy when someone gets hired, and I, that's the end of the story. Okay, moving on to the playoffs. Playoff predictions. Playoff predictions. It's time. I'm excited. So I'm breaking this up into two segments here. One is a week-by-week prediction. And number two is a I'm predicting the entire playoffs right now. Here we go. 
today at 3.30. You have the Raiders visiting the Cincinnati Bengals. I, in this game, I am taking the Cincinnati Bengals. I do not predict the score. I'm not going to try and predict the score. I'm going to take them. You know, I will do score. I'm going to predict the Bengals are going to win 31-28 last second field goal. Okay, to kick off wild card weekend, it's going to be a crazy one. I think it's going to be a really, really good game. They're very evenly matched teams, really good quarterbacks, coaching staffs that you either like them or you don't, tough defenses, good corners, good, you know, the Bengals have them in weapons, but I think the Raiders are a little more gritty. They're a little more tough. They're a little more, you know, they have a little more moxie than the Bengals do. And I believe that. But I'm taking the Bengals. I just, I think they're the better team. I, I do. And so I'm taking the Bengals. Simple as that. And then tonight, Patriots, Bills. I know that the Bills are the favorites, okay? But I'm going with an upset alert here. Woo, 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 woo. I need a siren in the background. Upset alert. The New England Patriots at tonight, Saturday, January 15, 2022, will beat the Buffalo Bills in Buffalo. Okay? I'm predicting it. Right now, I'm calling it. And I'm going to say they win by a score of 27-21. I'm going to say they win by a score of 27. Okay. That's a good one. That's a good score. To 17. 10-point difference for the Patriots Bills. I'm taking Mac Jones. I'm taking that I'm taking Bill Belichick. I'm not taking yeah, sorry. I'm not taking Mac Jones over Josh Allen. I'm taking Bill Belichick over Sean McDermott. And I truly believe the Patriots will win this game. Moving on to tomorrow, the noon game, Eagles visit the Buccaneers. I could go upset alert here. I'm not. This game to me is already over. Tom Brady does not like the Eagles. So he beats them. Nick Sirianni, I don't like him as a coach. I don't care what he did this year. I'm still not convinced Jalen Hurts is the 100% franchise answer. I want another, I want a full, consistent season. Consistent season. Not what they had this year. Okay? And before anyone tries to say Dak Prescott had an inconsistent season, yes and no. Dak Prescott had ups and downs, but even Dak Prescott's downs, he was miles above Jalen Hurts. <clears throat> Sorry, hold on, hold on, I got a cough. I'm going to mute. I just, I don't think it's going to be much of a contest. Big breath. Okay. 49ers, Dallas Cowboys. Oh, Buccaneers are going to win by a score of 35-21. Not going to, 35, I'm going to you know, scratch that. 35-17. Not going to be a good game. I think it's going to be the worst, um, biggest, biggest uh, blowout game. 49ers-Cowboys, we have heard all week 49ers-Cowboys rivalry, and I'm excited, man. I have not seen a real 49ers-Cowboys playoff game. I wasn't alive at the time of those games. I am excited to see this rivalry happen once again. It is a good rivalry. It's one of those, it's not like a, you know, it's, sorry, it's not like a, we're at each other's throats rivalry as it once was, but it's a rivalry, and it's a playoff. It's kind of like the Patriots-Colts. It's not a regular season rivalry. It's a playoff rivalry. Um... And I've heard all week, man, the Niners is the one team the Cowboys didn't want to face. The Niners are going to beat the Cowboys. Shut up. If you if you think this way, you you should not have a job opinionating sports. You shouldn't. And my and, and this is and I will I'm going to go I'm about to go off I'm about to go off on a tangent here. Hold on. Okay. The 49ers, they don't have a chance against the Dallas Cowboys. I don't I don't care who they have. I don't care how hot that team is. They don't have a chance in hell. I just said that on a podcast. I don't have a chance in hell against the Dallas Cowboys. There ain't no way in hell they're winning. No way. I, I, I do not believe for one second the 49ers will beat the Dallas Cowboys. I have no doubt in my mind. Because if the Cowboys lose this game at home to the freaking 49ers and Jimmy Garoppolo, you better bet Jerry Jones is firing people that night. McCarthy is gone, okay? If they lose tomorrow, McCarthy is gone on Monday. If not that night, he is gone. G-O-N-E. 
all caps, gone. The coordinators are probably gone. Not for Jerry, but they're going to take other jobs. I don't know who they're going to replace them with. It's going to be really interesting. But I tell you this right now, man. I'm not going to talk about the coordinators. Okay. By the way, if, if Dan Quinn leaves, I want Joe Witt or George, or George Edwards taking his place. Just FYI, in case you want in case you want to know my opinion on the matter. There's no way the Niners beat the Cowboys. The only way the Niners beat the Cowboys is do what the Cardinals did. Make Dak Prescott uncomfortable and run the ball down our throats. If we can stop the run, we're going to force Jimmy G to pass, and that is the best-case scenario for us. Micah Parsons, Rainey Gregory, and Demarcus Lawrence, Neville Gallimore, and company will eat Jimmy Garoppolo as a Sunday lunch. They will beat him to a bloody pulp. They will be no- Trey Lance will have to come in because of an injury timeout. Jimmy Garoppolo is going to get his butt kicked. He's going to throw interceptions. He's going to turn the ball over. If we can force the Niners, and I said it weeks, I'm a Cowboys fan. My bias is coming out a little bit, but I, as, as an analyst, I still don't see why the Niners are this formidable foe. Ooh, they have Debo Samuel. What be freaking do? Who else? I'm listening. Who 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 else do the Niners have on offense? Uh, I, again, I'm listening. Who, who else do they have? Oh, Brandon Ayuk. Okay, yeah, he's not bad. He's you know he, he's a pretty good receiver. Besides those two receivers, outside of those two guys, who else do they have? Oh, that's right, George Kittle. Yeah, that's a really good point, fans. George Kittle's on that team. We can stop him, though. Okay? Other than their three pass catchers. And I know people are going to say, well, the Cowboy, well, 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 that, that's a lot of weapons. Who's their quarterback again? Oh, yeah, it's Jimmy Garoppolo. That's right. A guy who, at his very best, is a slightly above-average NFL quarterback. A man who should not be trusted with the keys to a franchise. If Trey Lance was starting, I'd feel better. But if this was Trey Lance in year three or four, I'd feel a lot more nervous, I think. I think Trey Lance is going to be a really good franchise quarterback. The Cowboys have a simple path to victory. Score a crap ton of points on offense, force him to throw and abandon the run, and then kill Jimmy Garoppolo, and you're going to win the football game. That is my hot take. I'm taking Cowboys. 38-28. I'm saying, sorry, no, 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 20. Scratch that. I'm changing my prediction. 38-24. We win the game. Mic drop. Game's over. We won. They don't have a chance against us. They don't. I, I, and if, 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 if they do, I will come on this podcast on Monday. I may push it to Tuesday to get the to get the Cardinals game in. I will admit I was wrong. I will recant my statement. <laughs> I will do a lot of things. All right. I'll admit I was wrong, but I don't see it happening. Steelers Chiefs. Right, you gotta go at the Chiefs. It's Patrick Mahomes and Tyreek Hill and Miko Hardman and you know actually CEH is out and that awesome offensive line. They got Trish Jones and I'm turning on the upset alert here. Up ding 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 ding. That was bad, but upset alert. The this is my probably one of the hottest sports takes I've ever had, and I'm gonna get really, really close to the mic so you can hear me. The Pittsburgh Steelers will beat the Kansas City Chiefs tomorrow night. I said it. And people are going to call me creature. I don't think Big Ben's going to lose his, his, this, uh, this is not his last game. I, I just I have the feeling. Chiefs are a much better team. But TJ Watt can eat Patrick Mahomes for breakfast. Actually, for dinner that night. Big Ben is a, is a good playoff quarterback. I, and they're getting Juju back. This Steelers team... I put them on upset alert. Steelers are going to win the game. 28-24. I said it. Cardinals-Rams, this is a big game. Big time football game. And I'm going to have to go at the Arizona Cardinals. 
24 by a touchdown. The Cardinals, I think, just have, I think they're a little bit harder of a football team, and I think that um, I just, I don't trust Matthew Stafford right now. I, I don't trust the, the uh, Rams offense. I trust the Cardinals team more than I trust the Rams team. Now, I'm going to do my full plot predictions, so keep those predictions in mind. If, if these things happen, the Bengals will face the Patriots, okay? In that game, I'm taking New England. New England's going to the AFC Championship game this year. Deal with it. In the other AFC game, it'll be Steelers, Titans. I'm not that dumb to go upset alert twice. Titans. I'm not going to predict the score here. No reason to. Going into the, so the AFC, and then it'll be Titans, Patriots, Mike Vrabel, Bill Belichick. Here we go. It's big time. Go. It's go time. And representing the American Football Conference in the Super Bowl will be the Tennessee Titans. The Patriots are not going to get there. I believe it's the Titans' year to get back to the Super Bowl. The NFC. The Buccaneers would face the Cowboys, while the Cardinals would go face the Packers. Cardinals-Packers, I'm going Packers. Cowboys-Buccaneers, the Bucks beat us in Week 1. We're going to exact a little revenge. Dallas Cowboys, NFC Championship game. And this is not my bias prediction, I promise. My bias, and I know that's going to sound really hard to believe here, my bias was thrown out of the window for these. I did not make these because, oh, I think this is going to happen. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah. No. Biases were thrown out of the window here. Maybe hard to believe, but they were. Cowboys going to the NFC Championship game. Where it'll be Mike McCarthy, Aaron Rodgers, Dallas Cowboys beat Aaron Rodgers. We finally put that stupid little monkey, and that's not anything bad. We put the King Kong gorilla to sleep, the rumors we can't go to the Super Bowl. We're going back this year. I said it. That is my prediction. Cowboys, Titans, who wins that game? Dallas Cowboys. The Dallas Cowboys will win the Super Bowl. I am not some crazy fan up here on the mic saying, oh, yeah, we're going to the Super Bowl. No, I actually, I genuinely believe this, that the Dallas Cowboys are going to the Super Bowl. I genuinely believe that. I do. So I'm excited. When we, when we go, I can laugh in everybody's face. That's what, Now to the last segment of the podcast. I know people are thinking, 42 minutes. Gosh dang, can you, can you hurry this up a little bit? Here we go. I always do my first, my second, my, my, it's going to be the first mock draft thing on the podcast. 2022 mock post-national championship. Now, I would like this to be known. That, um, I believe, did Jordan Battle go in my draft? I did not put Jordan Battle in there, okay? Because I some of these guys may not have de- declared. I'm not 100% sure. No one overall pick. Jacksonville's going to I'm kind of going to go quick here. I don't want it to be too long of an episode. Aiden Hutchison goes number one to the Jacksonville Jaguars. He's going to change the culture there. You get yourself a big-time edge rusher. The Lions shock the world. Derek Stingley Jr., cornerback from LSU. He goes to kind of pair with Jeff Okuda, and now you've got Another good young corner to go along. I, Okuda, I think, is going to come into his own here in a little while. I think he will. And Dan Campbell has himself a great defensive player. The Texans nab Kevon uh, Thibodeau, the rusher from uh, Oregon. Super freakishly athletic, length for days. I like to pick. The Jets go Kyle Hamilton, Hamilton safety out of Notre Dame. The man can play linebacker. He can play corner. He can play edge rusher. He can play safety. Kind of like Michael Parsons a little bit, but can play more safety. The Giants solidify left tackle. They probably, I would say, move Andrew Thomas to right. And you put Evan Neal, 6'7", 360-pounder, over there at left tackle. The Carolina Panthers go Ekem Ekwanu, the tackle from NC State. Panthers need to protect maybe the quarterback they snag in the second round. Here they go. The Giants come back up in the seventh pick, and they snag George Karloftis, the editor from Purdue. Haven't. Uh, seen too much about him, so I can't like you know give you the full bio about him yet. But you, they're gonna need an, they're gonna need to add another edge rusher to this de- to this defense. 
The Falcons desperately need more help on that defensive line, so they get versatile defensive linemen from Texas A&M to Marvin Leal. The guy can play edge and defensive tackle to pair with Gray Jarrett to make opposing quarterbacks piss their pants. The Denver Broncos on a run on defensive linemen, the third one taken in a row, Jordan Davis, D-tackle from Georgia. The big man who was a big force in that national championship victory for Georgia. Congratulations to them, by the way. Helps solidify the Broncos up the middle. The New York Jets, the 10th pick, snag Ahmad Sauce Gardner in the corner from Cincinnati. Big breath. Gardner um, will help solidify that secondary that really desperately needs some help, and I think they can, get, they can snag a receiver later. Washington football team, admirals, generals, whoever they're going to be, snag the first quarterback at number 11, Kenny Pickett, quarterback from Pittsburgh, goes to them to replace Taylor Heineke. The Minnesota Vikings, and if Heineke's not ready, by the way, he can sit a year. Vikings, Andrew Booth, corner from Clemson. Vikings need to add another corner to this defense. The Browns, they need another weapon. for If they're going to stick with Baker Mayfield, you're going to have to give him another weapon. Chris Olave, still my receiver one with Williams and Mechie being hurt. Chris Olave, my first receiver off the board, Ohio State. At 14, the Baltimore Ravens, they need some help off the edge. They're going to get one of the most athletic freaks in the draft. David Ojabo, Ed Richard from Michigan, Aiden Hutchinson's partner in crime. This guy reminds me a lot of Randy Gregory. Philadelphia Eagles have back-to-back picks right now. Devin Lloyd, linebacker from Utah, and then Kair Elam, cornerback from Florida. You're going to really jettison this defense with a linebacker in a corner to pair with Darius Slay. I like the pairing that I've created for the Eagles. Chargers, Charles Cross, tackle from Mississippi State. Cross kind of fell in my draft board. Chargers snag another offensive lineman to really protect Justin Herbert. The New Orleans Saints snag another another the next quarterback off the board. Matt Corral hurt his ankle in the Sugar Bowl, I believe it was that he played him. He'll be fine for draft season. Matt Corral, I really want to see him pair with Sean Payton because if, from what I've heard, Matt Corral reminds me a little bit of Drew Brees. Philadelphia Eagles. Then snag another defensive player, three defensive players in the draft. Jaquan Brisker, safety from Penn State. You help Darius Slay, you get another safety, and you get a linebacker. This defense is going to be very scary next year. At number 20, the Steelers. They could go quarterback, but I didn't like any on the board right now. At 20, Trevor Penning, a huge monster of a man from Northern Iowa. Six foot seven, 320 pounds. Man's a rib crusher. And that's what the Steelers are going to get. The Patriots. Mac Jones needs a weapon. And how about a weapon he's familiar with? J- Actually, no, he's not familiar with him because he came from Ohio State. I'm sorry. I take that back. Jameson Williams, the 6'3 receiver who unfortunately tore his ACL, but he will make a full recovery at 21 for the Patriots. The Dolphins at 22, Kenyon Green, the very versatile offensive lineman from Texas A&M to protect whoever's playing a quarterback next year for him. The Raiders, Trevon Walker, the edge rusher from Georgia. Georgia's going to have a lot of good players in the draft this year. They need to solidify more of that defensive line. Trevon Walker can play inside and outside, and that's where I think he shines for, the, for, uh, for Vegas. The Cardinals, they need a corner to pair with, uh, I'm blanking on his name, the dude from Washington, Byron Murphy, thank you. Roger McCreary, the corner from Auburn, one of the best cover corners, press man in the in college football last year. Big breath, I'm kind of going through this fast. The Bengals keep up here at 25, snag Tyler Linderbaum, offensive lineman from Iowa. Joe Burrow is a very special commodity, and they need to protect him with everything that they have. And this helps. Linderbaum can play guard or center. The Bills, Trent McDuffie, cornerback from Washington. The Bills need someone to pair next to Tredavious White. I believe McDuffie's that guy. The Lions come up, and do they go quarterback, right? No. They will have the 33rd overall pick to go quarterback. 
And here, they get a weapon for that future quarterback. Traylon Burks, receiver from Arkansas. I love Traylon Burks. I think he reminds me a little bit of A.J. Green. The Cowboys snag... And again, people, I, I had a friend of mine last year, I, I, I was mocking, um, I was just two years ago, I was mocking someone, I think it was C.J. Henderson in the Cowboys, and he was like, bro, are you kidding me? We're not going to get him, you're, you're not going to get, you're, you're just a biased Cowboys fan. I was, you know, going along the teams, and the only team that really could use this guy was the Bengals, but I think they need offensive line a little bit more than this guy. Linebacker from Georgia, Nakobe Dean. You pair him with Micah Parsons, if he falls this far, which I have him mocked to falling this far, if he does, that is the best linebacker duo in the NFL, bar none. Nicobe Dean, Micah Parsons will wreak havoc. They can go sideline, they can go hash mark the sideline like that. Beautiful. The Chiefs, Drake London, the huge, lanky, the big, lanky receiver from USC to give Mahomes someone else other than Kelsey and Hill. The Buccaneers, Jahan Dotson, a little run on receivers here, all right, from Penn State. The man's got good size. I think that, you know, um, see, the man's the man's a little, sorry, not good size. I'm thinking of someone else. Um, a little undersized for receiver, but if you want to put him in the slot, I think he really works well there for Tom Brady. The Titans, Drake Jackson, the edge from USC. This defense still needs some more work, and I think Drake Jackson provides the length and, and, and explosives that defensive line lacks. And at 32, the Green Bay Packers select Garrett Wilson to give Jordan Love or Aaron Rodgers another weapon, especially if Devontae Adams leaves. Garrett Wilson is a very fast receiver for Ohio State. All right. Wow. Woo. That was tough. All right, here we go. The moment everybody has been waiting for. We are close to an hour, so I, I, by the way, I want to stop right now and say I thank anyone who stayed long enough to listen to my annoying voice, my deep breaths, my breathing loud like Darth Vader. I appreciate you listening to the podcast. I hope you drop a follow. I hope you drop, you know, hit the bell so you know a new episode drop. The new name of the podcast, okay, here it is. This is, a, this is a big moment. This is a big monumental moment for my career. When I'm on ESPN, I'll be talking about this one day. The big new name, all right, is, let me see if I can, is, oh, hold on. My pop puffer is actually going to fall if I do that. Hold on, ready? In Between the Stitches. That is my podcast name. The podcast name will be In Between the Stitches. I would explain, and if, and if you need an explanation, well, baseballs and footballs are bound together by stitches. So, In Between the Stitches. In Between the Stitches of those sports. That's what I love. I like the name. I've run it by some people who are non-biased to me. And they like the name. That's the name. So, new intro. Welcome, everybody, to... In Between the Stitches podcast, I am your host, Brady Wilson. I am glad you listened to this podcast. If you like more, if you like if you like what I had to say, may, maybe you think I'm not bat crap crazy. Drop a follow, listen to more. All right. I hope you guys have a wonderful day. Enjoy the playoffs this weekend. Stay safe, and I'll see you next time. Peace.